friend, how we value ourselves individually as women has a direct correlation, not just to our well-being, but to how effective we are as daughters of the king. As we explored in the previous episode, episode 11, Satan has a special hatred for women. And today I'm going to show you through scripture how quickly he worked to devalue women and how well he has kept this truth silent because I'm betting you've never heard this before. Plus, I'll cover why it's so important for us as women to reclaim our true value and how we can go about doing just that. Hey there, amazing lady. Welcome back to the Jesus Empowered Maiden Podcast. I'm Jen Murray, owner of Relatescape, where I create, inspire, and motivate Jesus-based empowerment for my sisters in faith. If you're ready to dig deep into the true character of Jesus and our Heavenly Father, to learn who you really are as the daughter of the King, to break free from all the things holding you captive, both internal and external, and to learn how to love yourself in all your beloved uniqueness, you are definitely in the right place. It's time, sister, to claim your female identity, authority, and freedom in Christ like never before. As always, you can learn more and connect with me over at RelateEscape.com. You are loved, you are seen, and you are meant for more. Let's dive in. So I have to admit, I'm a bit excited about today's episode, which is going to essentially build on the previous episode, episode 11, and in some ways also episode 19 as well. So if you haven't listened to either of those episodes, especially 11, I highly recommend doing so because it provides some foundational context for where I'm going to go today. And where I'm going today is taking what we learned and diving into a specific place of practical application in our daily lives as women. So first, let's just do a very brief recap. So we're all on the same page, and then we'll quickly move on and build up from there. In the previous episode, episode 11, I shared some amazing, I would consider it mind-blowing, biblically-based knowledge that I have learned recently from reading the book called Captivating by John and Stasi Eldridge, which is that while Satan, you know, Satan is obviously not fond of anyone, male or female, and isn't a particular love of anything in God's creation, he has a special hatred for women. Why does he have that special hatred? Well, the gist of it is this. Satan, back when he was Lucifer, right, was this amazingly gorgeous and decked out angel. Okay, check out Ezekiel 28, uh, 12 to 14, and you'll see exactly what I mean. Lucifer was adorned with jewels and gold, and he was gloriously beautiful. But then pride entered his heart, and so he fell from this position. And he went from being an angel to being, you know, this dark creature that's just so highly focused on death and destruction. And within that, or connected to that, he became insanely jealous of us women. Why? Because we're uniquely glorious and captivating and alluring. 
okay, which we covered in episode nine when we talked about the real story behind why God created woman or Eve. And Satan no longer is, right? He lost his own captivating beauty when he fell. On top of that, as women, we're also the bringers of life. So, you know, not just physical life, but relationally and holistically, while at the same time, Satan's goal is now death and destruction of as much of God's creation as possible. So all that to say, ladies, and I'm not saying this to scare you, but the reality is that we have a special target on our backs as women, which if we stop and think about it, probably really isn't that much of a surprise. I don't think it's reaching to say that we've all personally felt that at some point. And beyond that, it's clearly evident just by looking back throughout history, right? Because women are specifically targeted in ways that men just aren't, or at least not in some cases to that same degree. And we listed some of those in the previous episode, like sexual assault, including rape, which is very common during war times, uh, being denied basic education. Uh, some cultures in the past, <clears throat> excuse me, devalued female babies uh, so much that they would actually leave them to die, right? Because they were less desirable than males. There's a long list of things that we could say, right? But clearly history has shown that there are just things that women have gone through or dealt with that are different because we have this special target. We also discussed in episode 11, the previous episode, that when bad things happen to us, whatever those things look like, we also tend to think they happen to us because we weren't enough somehow, or we aren't enough somehow, or that we deserved it. Now, the truth is, that is just pure hogwash, plain and simple. But why do we think that? Why is that the reaction to things that are happening to us that ultimately are happening because Satan just has a special target on us? It's because the enemy wants us to believe that we have no value, that we aren't enough, when in fact we are immensely valuable. When, as we talked about in episode 9, the real biblical truth around the creation of Eve and women in general was that Eve was created to be irreplaceable. And irreplaceable is the complete opposite of invaluable. Friend, I want to pause here a second as we start to dig into value, which is where I'm going today. I want to look at this very up close and personal um, because it has a pivotal impact on us as women. And I want to look at how this ties in uh, to our daily lives, right? I'm always about practical application. But I want to pause here a second because this is highly, highly important. It's so pivotal. I, I just said here a second ago two very critical statements that deeply affect your life as a woman. One, God created you with immense value irreplaceable value. And two, the enemy wants you to believe that you have little or no value. And because he hates us so much, he's going to go after that goal with a vengeance, right? And so this can include him getting you to believe that you have little or no value in your thoughts and emotions. And it can include how he orchestrates 
people and systems and environments around us, right? Things in culture are just kind of using people and their sin to reach this goal. Now, I'm going to dig into some scripture here in a minute to validate these two points to get kind of like real up close and biblical. And then I'm going to thread this all back to Jesus, who is our source of empowerment and value, because this isn't a doom and gloom message or podcast. That's not my goal here. This this in no way is about us throwing up our hands and saying, well, Satan has a special hatred for me. I simply can't win. What's the point of even trying? The point here is that the truth sets us free. And I think for too many of us women, we haven't been told the truth about who we really are. I mean, how many of you have heard the story of Eve and creation told the way that I shared back in episode nine? Probably not a lot, right? But yet that truth is so foundational to our identity as women. So today's focus is gonna be about understanding and protecting our God-given value, not because we're more valuable than men or anything like that, but because our value is attacked so much more strongly because of this truth that Satan has a special hatred for us. And once we're aware of that truth, One, we're just more informed about what's going on, right? Like that context changes a lot. I think in the last episode I said when I first read that chapter in the book Captivating, it was like all these puzzle pieces kind of came together and formed a clear picture. Suddenly all all these things that I had experienced or was taking note of had the proper context to bring it all together, right? So Being informed is always a good thing because it allows us to see more clearly and thus be more aware and make better decisions. But it also allows us to be in a much better place to be the daughters of the king that we're called to be, to make the impact that we were created for. So all of that to say, this podcast episode and this message is about freedom and hope. It's not about hopelessness, right? We're not throwing up our hands. We're getting a little deep and a little bit heavy, but for the purpose of the truth setting us free, right? Because we're, we're going after hope, right? So for, let's stop and, uh, well, not stop. <laughs> let's let's uh, change things up here. Let's switch it a bit. Uh, we're gonna look at some scripture to better understand how quickly our value as women like was attacked or changed. And then we're going to, as I said, we're going to swing into like, what does that look like with getting our palm right from Jesus and how we like get our, reclaim our value and protect it today, like in our daily lives. All right. So how, uh, uh, let me say this. So after I recorded the previous episode, my brain just kind of continued to process and churn on this like whole bigger topic of Satan having a special hatred for women, right? Because it's still kind of blowing my mind. And suddenly it kind of came to me. I was like, you know what? I feel like I need to get into Genesis, open my Bible and get in Genesis. And I want to see when the first mention of multiple wives occurs. And I, I, at first I was thinking, you know, maybe that was around... Cain and Abel. I was like, was it before Cain and Abel? 
because that's kind of raised up as like the first, I'll put major in air quotes because all sin is essentially like sin. But we've heard that a lot, right? So I was like, I want to get back in the Bible and be just, it'd be really interesting to see where the first mention of multiple wives occurs in Genesis. Like it just, I don't know, it just came from nowhere. Because, But it's an interesting question because obviously God created one woman for Adam, right? He created Eve. One husband for one wife, like that's the formula. But yet starting in Genesis, we start to see the occurrence of men having multiple wives. So I'm like, well, this is really interesting. Okay, so I got out my Bible and I looked. And as it turns out, just six generations after Adam, in Genesis 4.19, we have the first mention of multiple wives. And that verse says, Lamech married two wives, Ada and Zillah. And by the way, Lamech, Lamech I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, but we all know how Old Testament names go. Lamech uh, wasn't like the most appealing guy because it continues on to, I, I, if I remember correctly, it's about him boasting about stuff. Um, so we have in Genesis 4.19, the first mention of multiple wives. Now, here are several key things that we need to note here. So first, first thing, this means that within seven generations from creation, if we're counting Adam, Adam would be like generation one, seven generations from creation, women have already been devalued. We've gone from being an equal co-ruler to Adam, from being God's peace de resistance, because woman was the last thing that he created, and then he was like, okay, now I consider creation done. We've gone from being Adam's Ezer Kenendo, which I, I keep forgetting to look up how to pronounce that. It's E-Z-E-R space K-E-N-E-G-D-O, which is what like everybody translates most most commonly as the help, notorious helpmeet or helper, but that's not actually biblical. Like that's not that what that means. It means his sustainer beside him. That Ezra Kenendo is actually used in other places in the Bible to refer to God, and it's when you need God like really desperately. So it's pretty much like the opposite meaning of what a lot of us have heard, right? Which because helpmeet and helper is usually tied into women are here to serve. So in seven generations, women's gone, women has gone from being an equal co-ruler, for being God's peace de resistance, and his and Adam's Ezer Kenendigo, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, to not being. Sit with that for a second. Seven generations. That might seem like a long time, but but kind of think about it, right? Like big picture, in the history of the world, that means women have been devalued from what they were supposed, like what we were created to be for about 99% of history. Because seven generations is not that long when compared to the entirety of history. So that's the first thing. The second thing we need to note here is that this takes place and it's just kind of interesting to note where this takes place regarding this, the scripture that is around it. So in the end of Genesis 3, which is the chapter before, 
God kicks Adam and Eve out of the garden, right? Because we had the fall. He has to make them leave the garden. Um, so that's the end of Genesis 3. And then the beginning of Genesis 4, we have Eve giving birth to Cain and then Abel. And then as the chapter continues, it goes straight into the story of Cain and Abel bringing their offerings to God, right? And we've most of us have probably heard this story. We know how this goes. God isn't pleased with Cain's offering because his heart isn't in the right place. So Cain ends up murdering Abel, his own brother. So at this point, after Adam and Eve have left Eden, we have the recording of two, again, I'm going to put major in air quotes because it's not accurate, sin is sin, but kind of like struggling with how to <laughs> like describe this. But like at this point, after Adam and Eve leaving Eden, we have the recording of two, like two sins, two major sins. One is Cain's heart not being in the right place with God when he brought his offering. Like that's why God was displeased. And and then two, we have Cain then murdering his own brother. So these are two pretty big events, right? And they're they're the first recorded sins outside of the fall itself. So we had the fall and the result of that in, you know, Genesis 3 when they get kicked out of the garden. And then we have Cain and not having his heart in the right place when he gave his offering to God and then him murdering his brother. Guess what's next? The next sin that is recorded is in Genesis uh, Genesis 4. And because after the Cain and Abel story, it goes on to say like Cain was exiled by God because he killed Abel. Then Cain went on and had a son named Enoch. And then it lists four generations after Enoch which was a man named Lamech. And then we have verse 419 where it says, Lamech married two wives, Ada and Zillah. So in other words, ladies, what we have is this. Cain's not heart being in the right place when he presents God with his offering, check. Cain murdering Abel, his brother, that was the next sin. And the next one mentioned is Lamech having two wives. Again, let's just pause on this for a second, ladies. How many times have we heard the Cain and Abel story? In a Bible study or Sunday school class or a sermon? Probably quite a few times, right? It's one of those popular Bible stories that is focused on a lot. Now, how many times have we heard a sermon on Genesis 4.19, the first mention of multiple wives? Or on the issue of multiple wives just in general? Probably none, right? After the first murder in the Bible, right after it, right? The only thing in between is like some, here's a couple more guys who are born in the line, right? It was like Cain, Enoch, some other guys, and then Lamech. After the first murder in the Bible, we have the first instance of women being devalued. That's the first big eye-opener here. Like, that, that's pretty major. The second one is that this is, to the best of my knowledge, hardly ever taught or discussed. Despite the fact that it is a pivotal part of our identity as women and our history. As I was writing this episode, I actually, because I 
spoiler alert, I actually do, I do outlines for all my episodes. But I was writing this episode, I actually went on to Apple Podcasts, right, which is like arguably the biggest library of podcasts. And I did a search for things like Lamech and Genesis 419 and Bible Multiple Wives. Granted, it was a quick search, but those were pretty key phrases. And as vast as Apple Podcast is, I think I got like four results in total that actually like made sense based on what I searched. And none of those results were anywhere near (laughs) what I am talking about today. And none of them were really encouraging, especially for women. They were kind of like dude podcasts. Um... So on one hand, that that seems insane. Like, again, I use pretty specific search terms. Apple Podcasts is this massive library of material. And I got pretty much zilch. But on the other hand, it's actually kind of believable, right? I I know it sounds like I'm rabbit trailing for a second, but but just hang with me for a minute because I promise this is coming full circle. But I do want to ask a question here, because one, because I think it's important, but honestly, I'm just curious about the answer, and I want you to email me at jen at relayescape.com with your answer, if you're willing, because I'm just curious to know, and that's jen with two n's, jen at relayescape.com. Here's my experience, and I'm kind of interested to know if anyone else, any of you ladies have had a similar experience. Because this was especially true for me, especially as a young Christian. So I got saved in my early 20s. Um, and when I say young Christian, I don't know if I necessarily mean like I was just in my 20s, but like I had been with God, like I got saved and I was, you know, maybe had been in a relationship with God for a couple of years. So you're kind of like a baby, right? Like you're figuring everything out. I wasn't coming from like a church. Uh, I didn't have history with the church, right? But Anyway, as we know, right, like new, there's numerous men in the Bible who, who have multiple wives. We have Esau, Jacob, and then we have like David and Solomon who had, um, I'm trying to remember if it applied to both probably, but uh, they had multiple wives and also concubines, like hundreds, okay? And I remember, again, especially as a young Christian, I'm, you know, sitting in the pew, I'm listening to sermons that are centered on these men, whether it's about like talking about a sin that they, you know, had or did, or maybe something that they actually did well. But there, there are these sermons centered on these on these men, and as a and you know the pastor is reading the scripture associated with the topic, and like it'll include like he had X amount of wives, or like they're talking about winning one wife and then winning another a second wife because that was the one that he really wanted and as a woman I'm like sitting in the pew listening to this and I'm just wanting to jump up and just shout and bring attention to what I see as the elephant in the room and be like um and what about them having multiple wives right like somehow that always got glossed over or ignored because but I was like, I, you know, one, I couldn't help but wonder, okay, how did things go wrong so quickly for women in particular, right? How did we go from having God creating specifically one woman for one man to multiple wives? 
And I used to think, uh, you know, questions like, well, why did God allow their, why did God allow this whole devaluing of women? Well, now I know it's not what God wanted. It's just part of Satan's special hatred for women. He wants to devalue us. Two, here I am as a woman and a young Christian, again, being told that this book is the word of God and it's the living Bible. And yes, that, that is true, right? And yes, the modern church, you know, at least here in the U.S., isn't into having marry, uh, men marry multiple wives or having concubines. But those things are in this book that we are constantly doing sermons on, doing Bible classes on. Like, it's, as a woman, this is, bef this is before me in this book where we base a lot of our content and what we do. And... As a woman, I need to understand the why and how behind this whole issue in the Bible because I might not have to worry about being a concubine, but it does affect my identity as a woman, as a daughter in Christ. Like, I need to understand, like, why this is a thing. How did it happen? That's part of understanding my identity as a woman. So my question to you ladies, and again, please email me because I really want to know. Am I alone in that? Have any of you experienced that same thing or something similar? Wondering about the whole multiple wives and concubines and just being frustrated that this really important issue is just kind of ignored or glossed over. So anyway, to bring this back full circle, I know that was kind of a rabbit trail, but I feel not guilty because I wanted to pose the question. But also it's something important to note about our church, like Big C Church overall, right? But anyway, to bring this full circle, the fact that we, how this ties into what I'm saying is the fact that, that I can search Apple Podcasts in the year 2021, when everybody's putting, the, most churches are putting their sermons on a podcast or YouTube out there, it's not just you know, confined to the church itself anymore, right? It can go online. There's no, there's nothing that I can find, at least through a short search, on women being, like, on multiple wives, which is the first, you know, way that Satan devalued women, right? Like, this is back beginning of time. <laughs> he kind of had limited means, right? They're living in tents or living in huts, right? There's, you know... There wasn't like big societies or culture yet, but the first thing he could do with the family culture was, well, women can be, go from like, you know, up here to like being a possession. And that's not to ignore the sin of others, both men and women that play a role in some of this stuff. But it just shows that Satan is really doing everything that he can to make us feel completely devalued, right? And along with that, for us to also maybe feel weak or at fault or useless. Why? Because again, like I said at the beginning of this episode, Satan hates us because we are so beautiful and life-giving and powerful and we're valuable. Including to man, right? That's kind of the crux of this whole thing. God said it wasn't good for man to be alone. And then he created Eve not as somebody to keep house while Adam did all the ruling and adventuring and all the really cool fun stuff, 
But as Adam's co-ruler and as their Kenendigo, his sustainer beside him. So it's no surprise then that Satan wasted no time in attacking our our value. He you know he hates us for us, and he also gets the you know secondary benefit of kind of like also hurting man as well, even though he doesn't hate man necessarily as much as he does us, right? But when we look at Genesis, when we look at Genesis 4 and how quickly it went from, you know, women were this and now we're kind of like a possession, Satan obviously wasted no time in attacking our value. Suddenly women weren't, you know, worthy of having one man and the deep relationship that comes with that, right? We suddenly became like a possession where a pretty thing, some, someone to clean the tent and extend the male line, right? Like a man can suddenly have more than one of us and that's totally fine because we're no longer seen as, a, as our canendigo. Our value has been greatly diminished in culture and it just went from there. And so here's where I'm going with all of this, friends. I know I just threw a lot at you. You're probably spinning a little bit, hopefully in a good way. But here's why I want to bring this all to where we are today, other than the fact that we apparently have no content on Apple Podcasts to help extend our uh, wanting to dive into this topic. But what I want to get to is, okay, how does this play out for us today, right? Modern culture, what, what does this mean for us when it comes to our value? Because... Even in our modern modern culture, excuse me, look, how many ways does the culture, even the church, tell us that our value is diminished? We don't deserve equal pay. Our words are dismissed. We're told we're here to serve, you know, things like that. And then on top of that, how many ways do we ourselves individually lose sight of our value and believe that we don't deserve it? That we did something wrong. We need to be more. We're blaming ourselves for things that happened because of other sin or because Satan, you know, hates us and just went after us in a specific situation. Here's where I am with this as I'm thinking about all of that, right? Again, we're not going to a place of doom and gloom. <laughs> we want to be realistic and informed, but we're gonna, we, we don't want to live in hopelessness. We want to use that to empower us. Like that's the point here. So for me personally, when I'm thinking about this new knowledge, right, because this is new knowledge for me. I was a Christian woman for, I think it's like almost 20 years before I read this captivating book, like three weeks ago. And so I'm still processing all of this and I'm sure you will too. it's, It's pretty amazing stuff. But where I've taken this for myself is, is A, I better understand my value just in general overall as a woman and daughter of the king and secondly b it's made me want to reclaim my value and protect it fiercely and some of this is everyday super practical i've decided i need to work on giving myself more like self-love right? Stuff that like, I don't, I'm not, I like kind of suck at the whole self-love thing because my brain is always wrapped around what I have to do, but I need to, I need to get better at that because I, that's a way for me to recognize that I'm valuable. 
I need more time to focus on what God has created me to do and what I enjoy, more reveling in my God-given beauty despite how it measures up to culture's idea of beauty, more refusing to let someone or something make me feel as if I'm less valuable than I really am, right? And I have to apologize. You might hear my greyhound licking himself right now. He's just decided to clean his <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> For any of you who don't know, I have a eight-year-old ex-racing greyhound named Hobbs. And if you don't know anything about greyhounds, they pretty much are like big cats. They sleep all day and they clean themselves so you don't have to give them a bath like maybe once a year. But it is a little disruptive when you are trying to record a podcast. <laughs> so... All right, I think he might have stopped. But anyway, if you've heard that, I apologize. Um, so I've just decided that in practical ways, I need to make a point of focusing and recognizing my value. And it's things that I can do on a daily basis, big and small. However, the most important part of this comes down to the phrase that I was told by God to include in the title of this podcast and that is Jesus empowered. Because Jesus defeated the enemy when he, he went to the cross, right? That's why we say the war is won, because it is. We know the ending, right? The enemy has lost. He's just not accepted it yet. Or he's not laying, laying down and saying, I yield, right? He's intent on doing as much damage as possible until the end. So... What we, but what we also need to keep in mind is that this means we have our identity, authority, and our freedom through Jesus too, as well, here and now. Ladies, look, Satan may have a special hatred for us. He may be doing everything in his dark power to ensure we feel devalued and less than, but he doesn't control everything. He is not... The higher power we have god we have jesus right and we have the holy spirit and when it comes to our value ladies we need to reclaim it like our lives depend on it like the end of the world is around the corner i'm not saying that it is around the corner i'm not being apocalyptic i'm just painting a picture here but that is how we need to reclaim our value because our impact on this world, which Satan is trying to stop, depends on how we see our own value. Our value is fundamental to our identity and how much authority we decide to use. It's not about how much authority we have. Like we have the authority, it's available. It's about what we decide as far as picking it up and using it. And God already sees our value, ladies. Right? Like he knows our value. And I think if we stop and we listen and we just kind of think on this a bit, we chew on it for a while, we might be able to see some ways where he's trying to show that value to us. I know for me, in recent weeks, I've had a friend um, that I've been kind of sharing about like work stuff and things that's challenging me and how I'm stepping up. And she said several times over the course of several weeks, I think God wants to show you your value. And initially, I mean, the words kind of stuck out at me a bit. 
but they also kind of went right past me. <laughs> like if anything, I was like, well, why would God need to do that? I mean, I know he's, you know, he's been raising my confidence and this is the first day job I've had where my values actually recognized and rewarded, you know, like I get it, but it also just kind of like zipped right by me. I didn't, I think, take hold of it the way that I needed to and recognize it the way I needed to. Now I look back and I understand better. I think God wants his daughters to really see their value. He wants us to see our value. I mean, he's led me to do this podcast, right? Which apparently is going to be the only podcast on Apple Podcasts that offers like this message because I've looked, right? Jesus, you know, God wants us to see our value. Jesus wants to help empower us through our value. But it starts with us, ladies. We have to first step, recognize our true value. We have to recognize it. Then we have to own it. We can't just say, oh, God has this value for me. That's not enough. We have to go to step two, which is, okay, how do I own this value? What in my life right now, let me take stock, is interfering with this value, is not helping with this value, um, I know this is a complicated idea because there's a lot of things that we can't control, but we have some control over things, obviously. Maybe there's friendships that we are, are you know, are being used to devalue us or not bringing value uh, in the ways that they should and we've just been hanging on. Uh, you know, there's a variety of things, right? But we have to own that value. We can't just be like, okay, I get it, I'm valuable. We have to, we have to own it. And then related closely to that, we have to, step three, protect that value fiercely as much as we can considering what we're up against, right? Because we're up against a lot. Satan is doing doing all that he can and he's it's not hopeless, but I'm just being realistic and I recognize that this isn't something that you or I are going to be able to just like, you know, we're not going to go back to Eden right now. That's not how this works. But that's, that makes protecting our value that much more important, right? Like we need to recognize our value, our true value. We need to own that value, not just recognize it, but say, how can I ensure that I'm walking in that value? How can I build on that value? How can I use that value? And then we protect that value as fiercely as we can because it's so integral to who we are and because Satan wants to get rid of it as quickly as possible. I go back to Genesis 4. Seven generations, six after Adam, he was really quick on finding a way to devalue women, right? The other thing I want to add here too when it comes to protecting our value, ladies, I'm kind of going to put a call out there. We need to do this together. Now, what I'm about to say also alludes back to uh, the previous episode because Satan, we talked about there how Satan loves to drive us to a place where we essentially don't open ourselves up to be vulnerable enough to have deep relationships, including with other women. And we really need to start working on changing that now, today, because we need to come together in part so that we can help empower each other and within that remind one another of our real value, right? And to help each other protect it. 
to support each other in this. And also, I think, to start larger conversations with the church to its leaders and whoever will listen about how women are not well served in the church. Again, I go back to searching Apple Podcasts. I mean, the church is the one place, at least ideally, we should be free to be who God created us to be. It should be where we're taught about our identity from the pulpit, so our real identity, so both men and women can hear and understand where we have that co-ruling equal voice, right? So that's kind of a scary call, but I'm throwing that in there too. Church is not just about what the guys want it to be. Church is about what Jesus wants it to be. And he, God created us with an equal voice. And so if we want our, the next generation to have a church that's different, who can get on Apple podcasts and find content that is, speaks to these things, like the truth of who women are, then it's something that we're going to have to speak up about. We're going to have to recognize our value. We're going to have to own our value and we're going to have to speak up, right? All right. So ladies, I know I've talked for, I think I'm at 39 minutes, which is like a really long episode for me. I know I've given you a lot today. It probably feels a bit heavy, but hopefully it's also come across as hopeful because that was my intention. But just to end, let's, let's kind of summarize real quick because these are the takeaways that I want to ensure that you leave with. So First and foremost, number one, I want you to remember that our value is immeasurable, okay? Because it is. Take that, write it on a post-it note, switch it up so it says my value is immeasurable and stick it somewhere where you will see it and look at it all the time, on the fridge, on a mirror, wherever it is. My value is immeasurable, okay? If you're artsy, make some artwork. Maybe I'll turn this into one of my red bubble designs, okay? Secondly, Satan has a special hatred for us women, which means he is all out to make us feel invaluable, right? We saw this in Genesis. He wasted no time doing what he could with what he had to ensure that that started. We're not saying this again to be doom and gloom, but this brings context and importance to things, right? When it comes to our value and how we need to own it and protect it. Three, how we view our value, or to say it another way, how much we value ourselves, affects not just our own well-being, which is important, but the impact we can make as daughters of the king. Because if we don't believe we're valuable, we're not going to give value. Those two are intrinsically related. I'll say it again. If we do not believe we have value, we will not impart value. You have to have one to do the other. So we, ha- again, comes back to the importance of recognizing, owning, and protecting our value. Four, this is where we get into some hope. Or at least less away from the heavy stuff and more into the yay. Four, Jesus is our empowerer. Okay, he is the change between Genesis and today. And Jesus values us so much that he died on the cross so that the enemy will lose. So this applies to everybody, not women, but I just want to reiterate it here because it's 
very uh, important to what we're saying, right? Like Jesus values us so much that he went to the cross willingly so that the enemy would lose and so that we would have authority in him. Five, almost done, promise. <laughs> Even in the summary, I'm giving you a lot, I know. Five, we need to lean on Jesus, our empowerer, to reclaim our value, right? We need to recognize it with his help and own it with his help and protect it as fiercely as, as we can with his help because we can't fight, we can't fight Satan on our own, right? Like we have to have Jesus. We need to have God's help. And, you know, and if we come together, we have each other to pray for one another and support each other. But we, you know, we can't fight Satan on our own. We, we don't have that. Like we can't, not, not the take it down kind of <laughs> power. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying we're completely helpless, but you know what I mean, right? Like we need, we need the, we need the help, right? Of Jesus and God to help us, right? And, and we need to learn how to come together and be more vulnerable with each other so that we can stand together and help each other support each other when it comes to our value and fight for our value, right? Because in the end, ladies, our value is worth fighting for. Heavenly Father, I know that I have just shared a lot with these ladies. This is a jam-packed uh, podcast episode that I have just shared. And I just pray First and foremost, that you just help them process this episode. I would pray that that the nuggets that you really want to oppress upon them, that they just write themselves on their hearts and they really take to heart above everything, if, if nothing else, that you created woman with insane, irreplaceable value. We are not above men, that's not what we're saying, but we know that we have more value than what Satan would like us to believe. What the world may have taught us growing up as girls, all the things that now in our 30s and 40s we're learning isn't legit and we're doing our best to remove it from our belief system and our lives. God, I would just pray that you would raise up your daughters with courage to recognize their value, to own their value, and take proactive steps to own their value, and to protect their value. And I would also pray that you help them fiercely protect that value and that process as they go through and discover who they are. God, I would just really pray that you empower your daughters right now, and I would pray that you would give them a voice. I pray that you would both in and outside of the church, um, that you would begin almost like a insane change within the church, the big C church, so that women are allowed to be as you created them to be, co-rulers and, co and equal voices and to know who their identity is and so that we're the last generation that has to go to a church in America that doesn't teach its women uh, who they are out of a, you know, in the biblical text. God, I pray for all of us ladies that we learn how to be vulnerable with each other and to come together 
so that we can support each other and help each other find value in the things that truly matter. And all this we pray and thank you and love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey friend, before you go, if you found value in today's episode or it blessed you in some way, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. I love hearing from all of my amazing, powerful ladies, and I'm truly blessed when I get a glimpse of the incredible things God is doing in your lives. It also helps other women just like yourself find the show, allowing God to work in their lives too. Thank you so, so much. And by the way, if you want to drop me a line, you can reach me over at RelateEscape.com. Cheers.